Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha and notebook. Let's dive in. I remember early in my health journey, I was researching every individual nutrient and would supplement with each new one that I discovered. I wanted to be the healthiest version of myself possible. Before I knew it, I was spending hundreds of dollars a month and taking what felt like a million pills. I know I'm not the only one who has done this, or maybe you're currently doing this. Here's the thing, though. You might not need every single nutrient and therapeutic doses. And you might actually be setting your healing back by doing this indiscriminately. Joining me today is Dr. Michael Biamonte. He has been on the podcast before. You might recognize his name. He was uh, he joined us in episode 57 and 69. I'm so excited to have him back to talk about supplementing and how to do it properly. Welcome back, Dr. Biamonte. Thank you, my friends. Good to be back. I'm so excited you're here. When you brought this topic to me, I was like, yes, like this is just so important because as you and I both know, you, you can cause more problems than help with, Mm -hmm. with taking supplements in the wrong doses or things that you don't need or too long. And so I'm hoping today that we can walk people through understanding the role that maybe testing plays, supplementing wrong plays, and give them something tangible that they can walk away with by the end of this episode. I'm sure we will. Absolutely. When I first got out of school, I was lucky enough to be introduced to Dr. Paul Eck, who was then the um, founder and head of research at Analytical Research Labs, which is a lab that does hair mineral testing. And then he introduced me to his colleague, Dr. David L. Watts. And I got an immediate instant hatting from them on this subject, which really paid off because I would have a lot of people come to me telling me that they were taking all these different supplements without testing. And they would start describing symptoms they were getting, which was actually the symptoms were actually an imbalance they were creating. So I'll give you an example. My first story is a medical doctor who was referred to me by a local dentist. The medical doctor had a history of prostate problems. And he read in the literature that taking zinc was good for prostate problems, that zinc was essential for a healthy prostate. So we started taking zinc and his prostate improved dramatically. But being a medical doctor, you see, being a medical doctor, he took the zinc and only the zinc and didn't explore in terms of what other nutrients might be needed or if if zinc is okay just to take by itself. So he was taking the zinc for several years and his prostate was okay. And then he started to have a prostate relapse. He started, his prostate became infected again. And he couldn't understand why, because he had been taking the zinc. Now he was taking about 50 milligrams of zinc every day. So he decided to do what I guess any good American would do, was he doubled the dose of the zinc, right? So, so he's now taking 100 milligrams a day, and the prostate infection is, is just roaring out of control. 
So he was telling this local dentist about this problem, and the dentist referred him to me. So he comes to me, he tells me the story, and I said, the first thing I want you to do is stop the zinc, and I want you to start taking copper. And then I had him do a hair mineral analysis. Sure enough, he called me back before the test even came in. He called me back and said, I don't know what you did, but the copper is helping. My prostate infection has gone away. I didn't even have to take antibiotics. Then when his test came in, I showed him on the test. He had taken so much zinc that he created a copper deficiency. Now, copper is, a, is the essential nutrient in your body to stop bacterial infections. So he had depleted his copper so low that the weak point in his body, which was his prostate, where he had repeated infections in the past, became infected again. Once he stopped the zinc and started the copper, his body's immune system was able to rebalance itself, and the infection went away. So there's a, a really good example of, um, of someone doing this. And on a broader scale, I think most people know or have heard if they've read basic books on nutrition that it's, this is particularly important with B vitamins, mm -hmm. that you, in order for the B vitamins to work correctly, you have to take them all together because that's how they work in your body. That doesn't mean you can't take a single therapeutic dose of one of them, but you've got to know what you're doing. You've got to know how to balance that with the others. I will say when I was doing my research, that never came into play. Like if you're taking Bs, you need to take them together. Or if you're taking C, you need E. You know, like I never learned that on my own. I actually took experts and it wasn't even just one. It would be like one would mention it here, one would mention it there, you know, and then going down the rabbit hole. So it's, I don't feel like that's really common knowledge, even like, okay, obviously, in the it wasn't world. In, in the old days of Adele Davis and Colton Fredericks and the, some of the original nutritionists that founded this field, they talked about this. It probably got lost in the soup where you have all the vitamin companies promoting the vitamins. And it's really hard to find an expert these days online that that come up in the first 10 pages on Google that don't also own supplement companies. True. That's true. You know, so the education part is you, this is why you need to take this nutrient. But I think the missing is because they don't want to come across maybe a salesy or pushing, you mm -hmm. know, too many supplements or things of like, you know, but you also have to take this, this and this for them to all work in a symbiotic relationship. Right. Because then people are just going to dismiss you. So right. I feel like it's like kind of this conundrum maybe that people are yeah. running into also. Yeah. Well, we have all nutrients have a, have synergy with others or an antagonistic effect with others. So just as an appetizer for the people listening, I'll throw out a, a bunch of these so they can get an idea of just how critical this is. We'll start with vitamin B1. B1 will lower calcium in your body. B1 can literally rip the enamel right off your teeth if you take too much B1. Because what B1 does is it draws calcium off your bone. It draws it off, off your teeth. And it also can draw it out of your muscles where it's, it could store and puts it back in circulation. Now, that's really good in some, if someone has excessively high calcium, something that we would call the calcium shell, where they're not utilizing their calcium, it could be due to a lack of B1. But for an, a normal person who doesn't have an, ex, an excessive level of tissue calcium, that could cause a calcium deficiency. Magnesium can do the same thing. If you take in an excess, so can vitamin C. Now, we look at vitamin C for a second. Vitamin C, when you take it in excess, can cause a copper deficiency. And the funny thing about that is that the deficiency symptoms of copper and vitamin C are nearly identical if you go look them up in a book. So that, that could be yeah, quite confusing. 
Calcium, if you take too much of it, can cause an iron deficiency. It could also cause a magnesium deficiency. It can cause a zinc deficiency. Zinc, if you take too much, can cause a copper deficiency, as we were just talking about with the medical doctor. So I could go on and on and on for probably hours if we picking individual nutrients and, and explaining if you take too much of this nutrient, you're going to bottom out another one. And this, this is why testing is so important, because when people just blindly take vitamins, they don't know, number one, if they need that vitamin. They don't know, number two, what dose they need. And they don't know if they're if they're jeopardizing another nutrient, which might be right on the edge as far as their chemistry goes. They may just barely have enough of some other nutrient that that nutrient they want to take might then imbalance. And then they're dealing with health problems that seem chronic, that they mm -hmm. have no idea is truly just because of deficiencies and excess. And typically, like with vitamin C, vitamin C is so popular, so many people will take C. If you take an excessive amount of C, you can cause your copper and your calcium levels to drop. So that can start causing joint problems. You can have, you can have arthritic problems, or, uh, all types of joint soreness. Um, it can actually take negate the glucosamine and the chondroitin that a person takes. Because you have to have manganese and, and copper in good amounts for that to work. Also with osteoporosis, if someone was taking excessive vitamin C, they would worsen osteoporosis because copper is involved in this protein matrix your body makes to affix calcium onto your bone. So if you pull that copper down from excess vitamin C, now your body doesn't store calcium on your bone anymore. That's so crazy. And I know there's going to be some people who, you know, especially through the pandemic and stuff, you know, we learned vitamin C and zinc and selenium right. and all of these things, you know, help help you, your body fight off COVID and, you know, have less symptoms and because they get mm -hmm. depleted and all that. So they always think like, oh, if it's good while I'm sick, it's going to be good at prevention. And then you're taking too, too high of doses for too long, for this sure. So true. I guess my question is, so, you know, the people who are learning this are probably sitting there going, well, what do I do with this information? How do I get tested? Where do I go? How do I find a doctor who even knows about this? Maybe we can kind of talk about that a little bit. It's like the, the, the medical side of that. Mm -hmm. The simplest test, that's the simplest, least expensive test that somebody could do that could help them understand what supplements they should take, what they shouldn't take is a hair mineral analysis. And there's there's quite there are labs in this country that do it, quite a few. They're commercial. Anybody can approach them. And if they don't do the test with you directly, they can refer you to a doctor who would do the test with you, who's authorized to interpret the test. That's the cheapest way to do it because a hair mineral test shows you the storage of the minerals in your hair, which is a tissue. And that's really different than a urine test or a blood test. Because urine is more a method of excretion or a pathway of excretion. So when you look at your urine for nutrients, you're seeing what the urine is excreting or what your body's excreting. And it could be excreting the whole nutrient or it could be excreting a form of the nutrient that was utilized by your body, but it's still showing you an excretion. When you look at the hair, the hair you're not looking at that. You're looking at storage. Blood tests, for instance, don't even really do it correct because blood is transporting. Blood isn't storing. So when you look at a tissue test, which could be hair, it also could be done with fingernails or it could be done with a red blood cell study because the red blood cell is also a tissue. You're looking again at storage, what your body's holding on to and storing. 
And that's your like your bank account. That's your savings account showing that's showing you what you have in the savings. And that's going to represent what you have in your body and storage. So that's the simplest test you could do. And a lot of the labs, there's um, there's doctor's data is one. There's trace elements in ink, which is my favorite. That's uh, owned by Dr. David L. Watts. And then there's also analytical research labs in Arizona, which is still around. They're still doing the testing. That's the first lab I ever knew of. And they were the first ones who really taught me about nutrients, how one nutrient can either support another or you can deplete it. So that I would say is, and all those tests run probably around a hundred dollars or less. Which so it's is, not going to burst the bank. Which is so great. Cause I was just thinking of the uh, red blood cell test. That's what the first one I was introduced to with like micronutrient testing. And I, it's, it's more expensive yeah, <laughs> than that. Sure. So let maybe let's talk about that. Like, let's say, you know, they do a hair mineral test, but they also kind of want the whole the whole micronutrient panel. Do you feel that those are a helpful tool? And do they look at things in a way that actually shows what is going on versus, again, transporting or things like mm -hmm. that? Yeah, that's the, that's what people need to understand is what tests are doing. So you have tests which will show you the absolute level of a nutrient. Then you can have tests which will show you relative deficiencies of the nutrient. So you can get a test and it's going to measure your B1 level in your blood. But that's not going to show how well your body is utilizing B1 or how the B1 is functioning within the community of nutrients it works with. That's a functional test. And probably the best test that somebody could do that they could pair with the hair mineral test would be the oats test, the organic mm. acid test. Because the oats, te the oats test is not about what your level is of a nutrient. You can, like, this is something that comes up very often. A lot of people will get a blood test and they'll find their B12 levels are really high. And it's a mystery to everybody. Well, elevated levels of B12 are in the blood are showing either you're not utilizing the B12 or you're taking too much. Very often the person's not utilizing it because they need to take the methyl form of B12 and that's why it's elevated in their blood. So a blood test is only going to show you the status of a level of nutrient in your blood. It doesn't show you how it's being utilized. That's what the oats test would do. The oats test is short for organic acid test. And what the test shows you are nutrients, how well nutrients are being utilized by your body or even how quickly they're being utilized by your body. So you would have an, you have an idea of the actual function of the nutrient as opposed to just what the level is. Because the level doesn't mean anything. It could change. You can have somebody eat a banana and take a blood test and their potassium levels will be high and they can next day take the blood test again and the levels may be low. It doesn't, it's just showing you what's entering your blood and then being transported. It's not showing you function. You know, when, when you're talking about this, I'm a big fan of the oat test. One of the things with the you know, I've worked in multiple doctor's offices who've all, you know, done different tests and different things they prefer. You know, I've met with the reps for these companies. A lot of times with like the oat test, I find that the practitioner really needs to know how to read the mm. test. Yeah. What I find about the oat test is it's also one of those that you need, you need a doctor who knows what they're doing. They're not just writing it because you ask, but that's right. something that they regularly use and interpret. Right. I, and I just, I feel like that's really important for me to, to point out because I've seen all sides 
of it where like somebody just does it because they ask and then they're calling the the lab and they're not really, you know, like I've just seen like, you know, you have to spend hours researching and all the stuff versus somebody who just knows how to interpret them and uses it regularly in their practice and the difference in the quality of um, an in-depth of care that a mm-hmm. patient is able to get, I think is, is really important. So I just wanted to point that out. And then it also makes me think of like, let's say people are like, oh, I'm going to go the insurance route and I'm just going to have my doctor do the blood test. Right. And right. I love how you kind of disrupted that one because I get so frustrated because like earlier in my career, when I didn't know as much, you know, you know, people would get the, get these tests and they would come to me and be like, well, they said my magnesium was fine, but they can't even, they won't even test it because the blood keeps it so stable. So mm-hmm. like, how would I even, you know, they, they wouldn't even, you know, they're like, there's no way to tell, which is not true. We just kind of no. busted they that. They just don't, they just don't know. Right. How to tell. Right. You know. And, you know, a lot of times they don't even know that these tests are an option because they're not covered by insurance. These are things that you really have to, you have to be willing to pay for to get the answers that you want. If this is something that's important to you, you know, the oat test is probably the mo- one of the more expensive tests, but as you know, as we've pointed out is it's, it's going to give you answers, especially it's save you a lot of money on the long run. Yeah. If you're spending three or $400 a month on supplements, you spend $400, you know, if you do both tests, maybe four or 500, you know, and then you are actually able to, what you're spending goes down. And so that saves you within two months. Like it's the test is paid for itself, maybe even a couple of times over. And then maybe these chronic health issues are getting resolved because you're supplementing properly. So you're feeling better. We, we had a patient back in the nineties and this patient came in and it was all about the insurance. When once they came in, they were referred by someone else in the family. Um, a few people in the family actually who were seeing me, who got very good results with me and they referred this woman she came in with her husband and it was all about the insurance. How is my insurance going to cover this, this, that, the other thing? I said, well, I don't think your insurance is going to cover any of this. And they they begrudgingly did the tests. They came in, I went over the test with them, and I told them, if you don't handle, I showed them different parameters on the tests, which weren't covered by the insurance. I said, if you don't handle this, you're going to end up with cancer. I had to be forceful with these people because that's what they their personalities demanded, let's say. So I told him this, you don't handle this. Well, I don't know. I got to go talk to my doctor. I'm going to show him these tests. I'm going to say, your doctor's not going to understand these tests. He has no experience with them, as you were just pointing out. So fine. We didn't hear from her. We never heard from her again. And then someone on my staff decided they wanted to call some patients who never really got anywhere with us to see how they were doing and see if they can salvage them. So they called this woman and this woman told her, well, the one thing I can say about your doctor there is he was right. I did develop cancer. But the insurance covered everything. All my treatments, the insurance covered my the co- picking my picking me up from my house to drive me for my chemotherapy. And she was now here. This woman that could have prevented the cancer if she would have listened to me. She didn't, but she was thrilled that she got cancer and her insurance covered all these things. That's mind boggling. Yes, like that. It, it's it's just so unfortunate. Like. When you can own your health outcomes, when you have the knowledge and the tools to be able to live a life that you're thriving and to just not do it because insurance won't cover it. 
like it, it's it just it's heartbreaking really yeah, it is you know and obviously everybody has to make their own choices and we're all in different places but an upfront investment of just a few hundred dollars mm-hmm. and it can just completely overhaul your quality of life immediately and for years to come for the rest of your life it's it's just mind blowing i guess it's the old saying about leading the horse to water yeah but you can't make them drink in that situation yeah definitely so let's maybe take take it a step further. So we know that over-supplementing can cause deficiencies. We n- now know how to test. So m- let's maybe talk about how the how do these nutrients, like as we're supplementing and as we're being strategic, what does that look like? And maybe what can people expect on the other side? Well, the first thing... First thing you want to be aware of is to expect the surprises that occur because they can happen. And what I mean by a surprise is a person's going to go on a nutrient program and all of a sudden not feel the way they thought they were going to feel. And 95% of the time when that happens, it's either that the person has a pre-existing case of candida and the nutrients are interacting badly with the candida and they don't know they have candida or they have some kind of toxicity. And the nutrients are starting to chelate and draw the toxicity Mm, out. That's important to know. So they can get they can yeah they can get bad reactions when you go. The more effective the program that you go on, the more it's going to increase your body's ability to detoxify. And if we just put the candida thing aside for a second, because that's more of a mixed bag. If you're going to start taking different vitamins that are targeted that are and you you show low on those vitamins. There's a good chance the reason you're low on them is because you have acquired some kind of toxicity, either chemical or metal, which is in your body and you don't know it. You don't know it's there. When you start taking those nutrients, those nutrients are going to increase your body's ability to detoxify and those toxins are going to start to come out. They're going to mobilize and your body's going to throw them out. And when they mobilize, it means they're coming out of your tissues, out of your fat cells, out of your liver, coming back into your bloodstream and then going through your system to be excreted but as they go through your system they're going to cause symptoms you could taste crazy things in your mouth you could start getting rashes you can start getting headaches you can start getting all of these weird symptoms that you were not expecting were going to happen from the vitamin now the 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 person who's not that bright is going to say well these vitamins are terrible they're causing me to be sick the brighter person is going to investigate this and say why is the vitamin causing this reaction so then he can start, he can research it, or if he's smart, he's going to call his practitioner and said, you know, I'm getting these reactions from the vitamins. I don't know what, what I should do. Typically, what a doctor should do is then run further tests to identify what is going on, because it's not typical that vitamins would just cause a bad reaction. Vitamins would cause a bad reaction if the person is taking more than they need, and it's at, they're taking it at, at a toxicological effect, because vitamins have several levels nutrients have several levels they work on first there's a physiological level where your body is using it as a nutrient to repair and heal your tissues then there's a a therapeutic level where it's almost pharmacological where you're using the vitamin like a drug to speed up some type of process or a metabolic step in your body like simple example of that is using vitamin b6 for water retention you're using it as a a high enough dose where it actually is acting as a diuretic but then there's a toxicological effect you can get from the vitamin where you're taking it at such high of a dose that it's actually being a toxin in your body. 
Now, if it's not, if you're not operating at that level with the vitamin where it's being a toxin, then what the vitamin is doing is it's detoxing you. And that can, that can give you mixed signals. And if you don't really investigate that, you're not going to know. I'm so glad that you talked about that because it, it's very real and it actually happens. Mm -hmm. I think quite frequently, especially in the chronic illness world, right? I see, I see a lot of that where they feel better or they feel worse before they feel better. And they don't know why. And they sometimes I think a lot of a lot of the times I see is they take it on themselves like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. My body is failing me. Um, right. You know, they trust their doctor enough to keep taking it, but they're absolutely miserable. They don't communicate that they're feeling awful um, and they don't know that there's more to explore. So I guess one of the questions that went through my mind that. I could see is like, okay, so let's say I am dealing with a detox effect and things like that. What do you know what type of test that they could then expect their doctor to suggest if they're doing that? Like, are they going to do like a heavy metal or, you know, there's so many different tests out there from all these labs. So like, what are, what would a next step look like if they are experiencing this Herx reaction? Well, if they do a hair test, they're going to see if they have heavy metals and unfortunately what what the um most of the pharmaceutical industry and the drug chemical related industry is not very um let's let's say well spoken on is the fact that quite a lot of the illnesses we have in our society come from drugs come from toxins come from environmental toxins so it's something that nobody really wants to talk about because they're afraid you're going to point the finger at right. them you see, but so many illnesses that people have nowadays are from the toxins in food and cleaning agents that they use, come up personal care items that they're exposed to. There are a lot of toxic metals in these things and toxic chemicals in these things. And their bodies are just dying to get rid of these toxins, but are unable to because it's so overburdened. So when they start taking these nutrients, these metals may start coming out of their body. A hair mineral test can find that. Um, a toxic metal urine test can find that because the metals will be excreted in your urine and also a toxic metal stool test can find that a, to- a toxicology panel which most medical doctors can order will easily find all types of toxins in your in your bloodstream that are being released and there there happen to, there happens to be a test um, which right now is not active because they're upgrading the test. They're upgrading the equipment that does the test, but it's done by Great Plains Labs, and it's called the GPL Tox. Mm-hmm. And the GPL Tox can measure all types of inorganic and organic toxins that are in your urine that, are, that your body's excreting that you pick up from your environment, things that you would pick up from Monsanto products. They're weed killers and all of these and from just environmental industry that's dumping toxins in your area, toxins in your soil, in your air, whatever. There's also mold toxicity tests you can do because a lot of a lot of people pick up mold from living in a moldy environment, and that mold then causes interreactions with the nutrients that they try to take. Thank you for covering all of that. Um, the Great Plains is the one that I'm well uh, aware of, um, you know, so that's a, that's a favorite uh, here in Arizona. So then I guess maybe a question could be, do you keep taking the nutrient or, you know, to help with this process and kind of push through or does that, it, would the further testing change the protocol? 
it changes the protocol. Now, now the nutrients you're taking obviously are doing very well at mobilizing these toxins and pulling them out, but you don't know that they're not just going to reabsorb or translocate is the word we use. They just move to another area, you reabsorb them. So when a, a person in that situation, their doctor must prescribe binding agents. The binding agents could be, there's lots of things. Most of them are clay-based mm-hmm. or alg- alginate, so- sodium alginate different types of clays, bentonite, uh, substances like this that will go through your system. Citrus pectin and apple pectin is amongst my favorite product. The um, I think the trade name is Pectisol for those products. So, so th- those products will help your body absorb, bind these products and get them out so that they just don't keep recirculating through your system and you absorb them again and then you, you're still feeling ill. So that's the first thing that a doctor would need to do is prescribe these agents. Yep. I'm really glad we talked about that because I feel like, again, people are reluctant to invest. You know, we're just so stuck in an insurance-based model. And then to realize you need to know what's going on because you can't just keep pushing through. If your detox pathways are not open, if they're, you know, they're not operating fully, or if you need an extra, you know, binding agent and things like that to help pull them out, because your body may not be able to just get it out on its own. Everybody's like, you know, oh, the liver and the kidneys, they, you know, it just works. You know, that's like my favorite is like, you're detoxing every day because you have a liver. And I'm like, mm, are they though? You know, because there's, so, again, there's so much, there's so many factors at play. Yes, of course they're detoxing and stuff, but can they at the levels that the body is dealing with? No. And the other issue is leaky gut mm. syndrome. where The people who are extraordinarily toxic who have a lot of trouble unburdening those toxins usually have leaky gut, which is a condition where your intestinal tract has been damaged. It's been made porous, usually due to chemical toxicity or infections there. And the body just keeps absorbing these things very easily. Yeah. So that would be, that's definitely another concern. Yeah. And it's, you know, you, it's so funny. I think of healing as, um, especially in the chronic world is like, necklaces that like fall out of the jewelry box and get tangled right Mm. everybody's like oh it's peeling back an onion i'm like it's not that clean it's not layer by layer sometimes it's literally untangling and then it kind of looks like it's retangling and then you just keep pulling things apart and then all of a sudden they fall apart and you're feeling better right um and so, you know, most people are just think it's almost like people view healing as i take an antibiotic and 10 days later i'm better when it may not necessarily be that clean cut, unfortunately. Well, the best example of that are Lyme patients. Lyme patients are treated with antibiotics for Lyme, and sometimes it's for months at a time. And most of them will say, yeah, my Lyme, some of my Lyme symptoms went away, but now I have these new symptoms that I don't understand. And it's it's because simply Lyme kills the antibiotic, but then, I'm sorry, the antibiotic kills Lyme, but then the antibiotic causes candida. So now the Lyme patient has candida. They may not have Lyme in an acute state anymore, but now they have Lyme as a chronic suppressed infection with now candida as the acute infection. Yeah. I just really like to lay the, to make sure people understand that it is multifaceted and sometimes it is going to take steps. You you kind of have to do it in steps because you can't attack everything all at once at once and then you have the drugs the person's taking you know which is which is a whole other story because the 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 drugs are not nutrients 
drugs are in things which help your body heal in that in the in that manner in a biological manner they don't do that drugs enforce they either forcibly speed up or suppress a, some metabolic function and it's unnatural you but there's no such a thing as a deficiency of any of the drugs that are on the market right now so that that doesn't happen and the drugs complicate things because the drugs sometimes cause the toxicity or they suppress your body's ability to to get rid of the toxicity you have and as i said earlier it's something that people really have no clue on right. how many ailments they have are caused by their environment and by things they're exposed to in their environment. Yeah. But the drug companies, the drug companies are owned by the same companies that make all of these products that make you toxic. Right. You know, it's like, so a dr- there's a drug company out there who owns a company that makes a cleaning solution that you're exposed to. That's making your, making you toxic and giving you your arthritic arthritic symptoms so here you're using their cleaning product. You're getting arthritis. You go to your doctor. You say, I have arthritis. He says, well, great. I've got a drug I can give you for the symptoms of arthritis, which is made by the same corporation that's making the the the, the cleaning product that gave you the arthritis in the first place. Yeah. And then going back to our very first podcast episode where they actually also cause deficiencies in, in nutrients. That's true. And so true. it's just toxic storm is like the thing that comes to mind of like in all levels because it's causing deficiencies which cause symptoms but they they have the products that cause toxicity and then they have the drug and it's just this big mess and it's so it's like you know in autoimmune patients and things like that sometimes drugs can can help you feel better temporarily but you still have to take care of yourself on a whole other level when it comes to nutrients and when it comes to nourishing and eating and, you know, reducing other toxins. And then hopefully you're with a practitioner who understands how the body works and hopefully can help you get off of them again. Oh yeah. I would say the person needs to find the cause, right? Because ultimately the illness they have, there's a cause to the illness and the cause is not a deficiency of the drug the doctor's giving you. Right. Because that doesn't exist, so there is a cause somewhere. Either you have a nutrition, you have either a nutritional imbalance, because maybe you you genetically genetically require more of a nutrient than you're able to get from your diet. You have some uh, an imbalance in nutrients because of uh, toxins you've been exposed to, or 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 pathogens, bacterial parasites, candida. There's a cause somewhere, and unless you find the cause, you really can't fix the problem. You can only suppress the symptoms. And then by suppressing, it just does. It's just a domino effect of health problems. Down the road, yeah, down the road, it's going to manifest in another way. And that's why people get multiple autoimmune diseases. Problem. Yeah. Like we've, we've had patients who never completed their candida treatments who then came back years later saying, you know, I really wish I would have completed that. You know, that the candida treatment helped my digestion. It's better. But now I have these arthritic symptoms where I have all these other, I have these allergies. And I don't know why, you know, and it's because they never finished their candida. So now the candida is not causing their digestive problem. That aspect of it was reduced, but now it's gone on to manifest in a different way because it wasn't handled. That's the importance of finishing your protocol. And, right. and it's not just like the herbal treatment stuff, but it's also the, the afterwards of using food to keep, you know, to, to nourish and help the body heal, 
it's not, I think a lot of people just stop. Again, we have that, that mindset that, you know, drug problem, drug, you know, and the magic magic bullet. bullet. So then people still, and this is just the health coach in me because I get frustrated with it. It's like the, what you eat really is important. And a lot of times there might be a post protocol diet to help the body heal, but then you still have to, what are you doing long-term? And then, mm-hmm. you know, how, what are you doing to reduce the toxins you're exposed to? Like, we can't avoid everything. It is. It's sprayed in the air. It's dropped by airplanes. Yeah. It's in our soil. You know, we've had all these train crashes this year with, you know, things and, you know, there's stuff going on and it's like you, but you do what you can, you know, yeah. to, to, to the help the body thing. run optimally and right. the supplementing and being very targeted with it. Cause like you said, you know, I've done some genetic testing and like, I don't, meta- I, I have, um, MTHFR, you know, so I can't metabolize certain, you know, detoxes appropriately. And so, you know, and I think my sister can't metabolize B12 properly, you know? So like, she always has like, she gets the injections cause it's low and then it's high. Right. And so right. it's always been right. this dance until we got the genetic testing done. And then we were like, Oh, like, you know, and then things started getting better. And I, so when I finally partnered with a doctor that was, I test, I don't guess, and just how game changing it was for our patients. I like that. I test, yes. I don't guess. That's good. I like that. And it was truly game changing because when we worked, you know, she specialized in those complex chronic illness patients, you know, that went through, I mean, even Mayo and all of that and just weren't getting better. And so then she does these oh. tests and, and then we, we get to the root cause. And sometimes it's a multi-layer. We have to do this first before we can even address, you know, this, this is a root, this is definitely a big problem, but we can't even address that because we got to get your nutrition where it's at. We have to get your diet where it's at. We have to get your bot, your, your detox pathways functioning and nourished before we can even address this pathogen that you're dealing with. And I think people get really frustrated with the process because it's so different from the pill for every ill. And then, you know, for however, and then you're done when it's really, it can be this tangled necklace, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think the doctor of the future is going to do genetic testing on people. That's going to be standard. You walk into the office as a new patient, boom, if they don't have uh, genetic records on you from your previous doctor, then they run the genetic tests on you to find out everything they can about you physiologically and genetically. See where you're genetically arid. Then he's gonna, then they're also going to do functional tests, like the tests we've been discussing. Then they're going to compare the genetic test to the functional test. And they're just going to say, well, here's the genetic error the person has. Well, the functional test is showing that's not happening right now. So that that could happen later in life, but it's not happening now. So we're lucky that SNP is not active. But here are a group of SNPs, which the functional test says are active right now. So we have to handle those. And then as, as time goes on and they get on the maintenance program, their maintenance program will be one that will try to protect them from those SNPs that could occur in the future. Yeah. Genetics load the gun, but they don't pull the trigger. Exactly. Very well put. Yeah, there's, I like yeah, that one too. That's good. There's a lot of good ones out there. And, um, but yeah, so I'm so glad we're talking about this topic. I feel like so many times people are just throwing spaghetti against the wall and really just dragging out 
the the healing process so that they can get to feeling good. It's kind of hard because in the chronic illness world, they have been pursuing help for years, right? And they feel like right. doctors, even functional medicine, naturopathic nutritionists and all of that have failed them, but they keep searching. Mm-hmm. Well, because they know it's true. They, they know there's truth there. They just haven't found the right approach for them. And really what the right approach is, is to test. Yeah. Because t- testing will t- testing finds the cause. If I had to summate it, I would say that's really it. Testing finds the cause and you've got to correct the cause. And you have to get the right tests, which I'm so glad we talked about today because there are a million tests out there, but are you getting the ones that actually get to the root <laughs> of you know how that's the body's true. functioning versus what it's transporting mm-hmm. or what it's excreting, which I think are the more common and probably lower cost tests, right? versus the hair mineral and the oat test, which really show what is being stored and what is being used or not used. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah, that's a a problem when people go to their doctor and the doctor does serum levels, because that's what we're talking about, serum levels of nutrients, because the, the, the serum level is the level in your blood. And the level in your blood, when you look at a hair test, it's never going to match. This is the thing I've I've heard from doctors and patients why they don't like hair tests is because it doesn't match the blood test. It's not supposed to, and it never will, because you're looking at two different things. In the hair, you're looking at storage, and the blood, you're looking at transportation. And what people don't understand also about a hair test is a lot of what you see in the hair test is not based on the nutrients in your diet. It's based on the hormones in your body and how those hormones hold that nutrient or how your body utilizes that nutrient. So it's never going to match with the blood tests. I'm so glad you talked about that because I have experienced where where my clients come back to me, you know, they got these tests and I'm like the one they vent to, right? Because I'm not the doctor. I'm, I'm the one they talk to after they've had time to process the appointment. And they, they do, they get so frustrated. They're like, I don't understand why these tests are different. Well, when you understand what they're looking at, it makes total mm-hmm. sense. And I feel like the unknown is what keeps people feeling stuck. So I love this education piece where we get to dialogue and you get to really share a piece that isn't widely known. Like I said, I I research, I read all the time. And the stuff that you've you've shared today, I don't find. You have to dig. You have to know what to, you have to know what keywords to look for. You have to know what to look for to get these answers because it's not readily available. So I'm so glad we talked about this today there is a great book that people can get which is called trace elements and it's written by dr david l watts dr david l watts is the the founder and the head of research at trace elements lab that specializes in doing hair mineral tests and interpretation of the hair mineral tests and in in his book trace elements he explains how vitamins and minerals interact with each other and how they interact with toxins. And he, he explains the different metabolic types that people can have, which the hair test shows you. And metabolic typing is something that's been going on for thousands of years. But he has refined it all into the fast and the slow. And the fast and the slow are not always what people think. The fast metabolizer, you can see their pattern immediately and easily on the hair test. They're a person who... Is basically carbohydrate intolerant. And the more carbs they eat, the more 
fat they start to put from the waist up. So your, your typical fast metabolizer looks like Babe Ruth, the baseball player, looks like W.C. Fields, the old comedian, or John Candy, more recent person. They're basically big from the waist up. They're barrel-chested. They have a big belly, but from the waist down, they look really thin. And that's because their, their particular hormone balance drives fat from the waist up when they eat carbs. If they do the Atkins diet, they lose that belly or that barrel fat, and then they're, they're normal looking. But that's somebody who then does the low-carb diet. Then you have the slow metabolizer who's kind of pear-shaped. And their problems, their problems really are metabolizing fats. If they eat too much fat, too much dairy, they release too much insulin, and they tend to be estrogen sensitive. So the estrogen and the insulin drive fat from the waist down, mm -hmm. which is why they're pear-shaped. And they do better on a diet of moderate carbs and high protein. And then there are mineral patterns that associate with these. And there are certain vitamins that are better for the fast person. That would be disastrous for the other one. So he, he, has, uh, he actually developed vitamin programs that are standard for the fast person and for the slow. So that's all in his book. If you get, get a copy of the book, Trace Elements by Dr. David O. Watts. And I will put a link to that in the show notes because uh, I'm I'm going to be buying it myself. <laughs> yeah, it's on Amazon, um, the book. Yeah, no, um, that's so interesting. And then I've heard about the fast and the slow. And I'm like, I've heard a bit of this, but uh, I'm excited now to dive in to research on that. So thank you for that. Sure. Is there anything else you would like to leave with our listeners before we let them go today? I don't know. I don't know. I think we did a pretty good job. The only other thing I didn't mention is that in the hair test, sometimes high levels of nutrients are actually a loss and not a retention. And there are certain nutrients where that's more common, magnesium, zinc, and chromium. Very often in the hair, if they're high, it doesn't mean you have a lot. It means you could be losing it. It's not biologically available. So that's something you just want to you want to tuck away because in case anyone ever has the test and they see their levels are high, don't automatically assume it means you have too much or an abundance. It could mean it's a loss. And that's why I think it's important to have somebody interpret the test for you too. And that's also true of neurotransmitter urine tests. Mm. If you do a urine test for amino acids or neurotransmitters, sometimes an elevated level in your urine is a loss. It doesn't mean you have too much. And that's, that's where you really need somebody who knows how to interpret because there are patterns that show you this. You don't just look at each, each thing individually and you're going to somehow magically know it. No, there are patterns between all of these, um, these analytes or these elements where you'll see why that's a loss. So that's one to tuck. Awesome. Tuck on the back of the head. Definitely. So good to know. Thank you again so much for coming back on and sharing your wealth of knowledge. It's just, it's always so helpful and beneficial. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review, sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend? By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. 
If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health dash coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.